Hey, this is Rekka from ABQRD, and you are listening to Out From Under the Bed, a Meowder Limits production. Good evening, everybody. You are listening to June's edition of Out From Under the Bed. This is Out of the Closet with the Boogeyman, always joined by my lovely wife and co-host, Master Sedator. <laughs> Tonight we have a special guest, Leave No Bodies. They've listened to our last episode and came and reached out to us to use to it um educate us on certain newer terminologies or what have you so let's welcome leave to the program howdy 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 good evening Uh, how is everything going i would i would say that there was nothing that stood out to me as like really you know, out out of pocket or anything like that. Um, there was just some what I call gender essentialism. You know, when you talk about like, I don't know, I don't know how far people are on queer theory. Queer I theory am not. Can- um, that's why when you mentioned, because um, I <laughs> didn't even know that was a thing. So that's good. We're we have you on the program tonight to maybe explain that to myself and Master. Yeah. And our listeners that don't know, um, so please go ahead. Uh, so queer theory is really, you know, it's it's an extension of the idea of people spend a lot of time thinking, well, why are we here? So queer theory is, well, why are we here and why are we queer? Nice. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right. So it's 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 all those all those things that not only have been thrown in our faces. You know, as queer people, like, oh, well, you're blah, 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 this, or this is the reason you're doing that. Like, that's also a part of queer theory. Those are relevant topics that people discuss. Um, so I, I always think about the, the gender essentialism or the bioessentialism, where you uh, assign something to um, a particular, whether it's feminine or masculine, and you get very binary about stuff. And that's kind of the spot where I found myself because I am definitely existing outside of that binary. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, please tell us a little bit more about your um, experience in life um, as existing as who you identify as, as a person and what have you. Well, I was definitely that little kid that was just running around in T-shirts and jeans and riding my bike, playing sports, doing doing whatever I wanted to do, you know, except when people were telling me that I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't enjoy doing that activity or I, I just I just shouldn't be doing that was generally what I kept being told. And my relationship with my father, uh, I was always his favorite kid. And so I was given the impression that the reason I was allowed to ask to act in this masculine fashion or to to speak back or, um, you know, to argue about these things I'm being told I can't do is because I was my father's child. And uh, he considered me, you know, that I could get away with that stuff. Um, but it was certainly never something that I was told, oh, well, you're going to, you know, there, oh, you'll grow out of this or you'll, you know, you'll do the bioessentialism thing and want to be a pretty girl. And I just never really got there. Yeah, yeah, like wearing the, you know, uh, dresses and what have you, like, because um, 
I don't know how how, how old you are, um, but I just turned forty two. Forty four. Yeah. Okay, I'm so you're forty four. So like, you kind of grew up around the same time I did, where there was it was gender specific things. You know, it was blue for boys, fucking pink for girls. You know, you got your GI Joes, you got your Barbies, and if you kind of cross sections, you were like a lot of the times, you know, discouraged or, you know, fucking, um, you know, the heartbreaking part of it is, and, or physically, um, reprimanded for it, depending I on, was, I, you know, so you were, bullied. you were bullied I, and stuff. At, at, like when I started school, I, I went to pre, pre-kindergarten, um, and then I started kindergarten, and I actually was bullied in kindergarten. The children referred to me as it, mm-hmm. and and I mean I was physically assaulted through most of my uh, elementary and middle 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 school years. Oh, wow. Um, so you know, and and it takes a long time to realize that that I don't have you know that great relationship with group dynamics just from the get go. Like, you know, all my experiences, I become part of a group, people make me feel like shit, and then it's my fault somehow. (laughs) So that was my experience as a child, was I want to go do these things, I would go do these things, people would give me grief and tell me I shouldn't want to do those things, and the whole dressing thing was a constant with my mother. Um, She just was so sure that I was going to turn a new leaf and want to dress all femme and girly and do all those things. And it just, just never happened. Yeah. Because, um, as I got older and, uh, I'm a parent of two daughters and it was not like, it was more or less closed to me other than, uh, anything else because my youngest daughter you know I dressed her up a lot in quote unquote boy clothes you know with like shorts you know like shit like that like the skater shorts and like fun t-shirts yeah. and stuff because she looked cute in that stuff but I still dressed her up in like feminine you know quote unquote feminine clothing too but at the end of the day it's just clothes yeah you know so like I don't I don't know, like, it's just, like, a big hang-up with, um, a lot of stuff, um, when it comes to that, and I'm like, eh, you know, like, so what? But, I don't know, that's just, like, my feelings on it, um, being a, being a parent and, like, having younger children at one time. Well, and then we got to that stage in middle school where, you know, I had gone through all of that physical stuff. I mean, we had gone to the school district, we had, you know, gone to the principals, we, and, and... In the 1990s, as a kid, and, mm. and having them basically tell you that, oh, well, kids are cruel. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. And just over and over again, I ended up being the one who was um, isolated. You know, because, oh, well, that's the only thing we can do. Um, is to just, you know, sequester you. And then I got to high school and people had too much other shit to deal with. They no longer had time to bully me. And you grew up this whole time in uh, Kansas, you said, right, Topeka, Kansas? 
Kansas, yeah, um, with Fred Phelps in my face and the Westboro Baptist Church oh, and the Brown. Right. And that was my elementary school years. Like Damn. that, that was. Uh, I went out and picketed against Fred. I held a sign across from, you know, where they were picketing at. I did that as a kid. That was one of those activities as a preteen. What did your sign say? Anything clever? Um, let's see. I think because I had a shirt for a long time and I donated the shirt to uh, actually one of a league, a roller derby league in Georgia, I believe, named themselves the Westboro Baptist Roller Derby League. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, wow. And the shirt has a skeleton that says, you know, God doesn't hate anyone, but he's not too fond of Fred. And there was a lightning bolt going through the skeleton. Oh, that's fucking awesome. That's a cool shit. Yeah. So that, that was definitely like kind of my childhood of knowing that I'm definitely different from all the rest of you. Like, definitely. You know, but as to like, you know, finally decide, okay, am I, does that mean I'm a dude? Like, am I a dude all the time? I don't even feel that way all the time. So I just kind of, from my own perspective, came to uh, to the feelings of being a gender, which is just the lack of gender whatsoever. Like, I might, you know, have moments, but if we're talking just in an overall everyday kind of thing, I'm, I lack gender. I just, it's not, it's not important to my daily existence. <laughs> Yeah, so speak okay, so speaking of that, um I don't ever want to take away from someone's struggle that would identify as this gender, so um in in the whole I might say person or something like that or human like, you know, you know, still recognize you or someone else like not you know what I'm saying like yeah, it would still be yeah. a recognized thing that you are a human being to me, you know, like, but specific, you know, like we're here today, specific terminology, like I don't really want to make anybody upset either. But no, that's I mean, like the biggest thing too about, about, it's a oh, yeah, it's a non-binary term, you know, like mate. Yeah, mate. Sometimes I'll say that one too, mate, that's my mate. I don't know. That might be upsetting, but identity. Okay, so so mate is you know a term you're using for for a friend. It's another term for friend, um, whereas a gender is an identity within the non-binary umbrella. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there's there's, there's a difference your, then. Yeah, that's your more specific terminology. Like, yeah, we're all humans. But if we're talking about that big gender spectrum and we're breaking it down into the, the binary section where um, perhaps you do identify more as these various binary traits, like you you feel more like you are a man or a masculine person or you feel more like, you know, and that doesn't always connect to, to your presentation. Um, I think the good metric I always tell people is you have no idea who you're meeting you know, it's much like you're meeting someone's pet. You you offer them what to call you, and you wait for them to offer what to call them. It's making an assumption is always going to, like, be bad. <laughs> yeah, so 
Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, friend, master, don't you uh, say friend works? Or, like, that's sometimes, I say like, friend a lot, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, skater, like, these, these words that you can easily be like, you know, that's just a, just a term that I can say to anyone, and it, and it works. Uh, like, mate, I think the only reason I had a, a new jerk is uh, because in the United States Navy, when we call each other shipmates, that's not a nice term. Oh. Saying ship back, only you're saying shipmate. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I. It, but that I, was just me. Personally. I'm sorry. I personally just like went. Wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. <laughs> yeah, like it really depends on how you how the inflection in your voice goes. I say, like, I guess when you say when you're calling somebody mate, if it's like, hey mate, you know, I guess like if it's like aggressive sounding i i don't know like then it's not good i usually do it with an australian accent or sometimes it sounds like new zealand you know yeah you're just like you need to say it this way (laughs) boy mate (laughs) but yeah nowadays though being a um having being a part of an open gender roller derby team i will use the term mate or teammate you know in that identifying sense or you know athlete you know because there's no female male athlete kind of situation anymore like to me anyways I, yeah i think i think it's i mean i know some of the organizations are very so much striving yeah. using gender control language it's just it's one of those things that it's a it's a daily occurrence like it's a you know it's a practice occurrence it's something that once you get into the habit it does become easier but getting into that habit is always going to be the you know the part like you're you're training your body and now you're also adding that layer of wait now i've got to change all these terms that we used to use oh yeah like i they, mean i'll i'll still say co-ed roller it, derby sometimes yeah i think of it um as like an update for the rules like i'm i'm learning some new regulations basically you know mm-hmm. download that stuff yeah i'm getting better at the uh at the uh, terminology of open gender or co-ed these days because that's what we all used to call it back in the day. Yeah, I think the only reason that um, I know that I prefer the term open versus co-ed simply is yeah. the acknowledgement. The acknowledgement. That, that, that's, the only, that's the only reason. Like, it's still very valid. Like, I still, I see you teams and leagues that are saying co-ed. That's still very valid. It's just that's the reason a lot of us prefer those that term, and why we get and and I don't know uh, if if other social medias have gotten like you know as venomous as I do occasionally. Like when we see those postings, we go, "Oh, you're saying you're doing open gender, but then mm-hmm. there's all these little, all these little things that you're saying, and or and then like, uh, well, that's why we keep being like open gender." <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, so, you know, we're crossing our fingers and seeing how it's going, but how it's, far it is it's actually going to go. Well, I'm grateful. Um, this is the thing I don't think we've mentioned. Um, I'm also the custard villain on Instagram, and I maintain a map of all of the derby leagues here in the con- continental United States. Um, that's what custard stands for is the continental United States tracking agency for roller derby. Oh. oh, I've always wondered what that meant. Thank you. Yes, so I have. I made a database in about 2020, 
and I've been maintaining it, uh, updating it every six months. I go through and I click on every single link. I check out everyone's social media. I check out your websites. Um, I see which ones are broken. I check to see if you've uploaded you know, like new games, new policies. You know what type of information are you putting out to your skaters? And then uh, I either reflect it on the map, what things are important to people. Like I have gender map right now, and then I have the um, sanctioned uh, map. And then the third map is MRDA and the bank track. And um, okay. and so. So there might be a fourth map um, because I think finding ways to connect with other teams, like what do you need to know about that other league or team in order to figure out if you're going to be able to play them? Like, are there things other than being sanctioned? Because not everyone is sanctioned. Yeah. Um... That's the type of information that I'm trying to decide what would go on the map next in order to help that communication because I feel communication got lost so badly in the past couple of years that anything that we do to, to rebuild it, like let's, let's rebuild it, let's make it work, and let's make it sustainable. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, look into more of that <laughs> map and shit that's on your Instagram page. For, uh, for sure, and I hope everybody else does too, because that sounds like there could lead to a lot of useful information about um... knowing what. Go ahead. Oh, it it just networks itself. Yeah. Yeah. If you, you just use it. I mean, that was my whole intention when I when I started the database was like, how how can I share this information so that everyone else can find each other. Yeah, because I remember me and you, me and you talking about this uh, a couple of times, um, not not that long ago. It seems I don't know, but I remember um, you telling me about this, and I'm like, "Fuck, dude, that's such a good idea." Well, and then the second component to that became um, I was because I've skated with the Women's Flat Track Derby Association sometimes, uh, or have attempted to skate with them. Um, and not been able to for various reasons and you know contacting them and being like hey I think you need to clean up this gender statement and finding that um, as trans and non-binary members of the roller derby community we do need kind of a support group and action committee and that's what chatter is um, it is for the trans and non-binary members of the roller derby community to network to uh you know, if you need daily support, we're on a Discord server right now. Um, or, like, the gender statement for Wifted Up. That is one of the things that we are hoping to get clarified and make it more easy for teams and leagues and individuals to be like, okay, I understand that policy. I don't feel like we are, you know, not serving it. Um, so but that was, like, the component. <laughs> Um, what is it? What is it like for a uh, trans or non-binary athlete to skate in certain roller derby leagues? Is it allowed or frowned upon, or are you allowed to do certain things? Um, what is uh, what's that about? Because I know as a male athlete, um, we were only able, you know, to pra you know, because we only had enough to practice with, um, you know then the you know ladies then ladies skaters at the time or what have you because this was a while ago um but yeah you know 
it wasn't so much like, you know, we were able to do it all the time either. Right. So the Men's Roller Derby Association really has, and I'm just going to say it, they have the best uh, statement and policy because mm. they... They're they're not they're not interested in being up in people's business about it. No, absolutely that's, not. That's the way I'm going to phrase it for for them. Um, they're not concerned with it. Um, USARS has uh, a type of pack restrictions, which I find confusing because that does not acknowledge the non-binary community. Um, and then it also puts the onus on the referees or the people running the bout to determine whether or not they're maintaining those packs and leaving it up to the people you know that you just mentioned or what have you to ultimately determine the gender of that person too and that's kind of a privacy concern yeah absolutely it is shouldn't have to id you know make your skaters present id because as as a trans person who who has had socioeconomic issues we don't all have paperwork that reflects our identity. So if, if what you're using as a metric um, is, oh, well, we want to see actual paperwork, now you're, you know, putting a bunch of skaters in a position that, okay, well, we have to out ourselves to be a part of this. Yeah, it's intrusive. And like you said, we're, you're going to have to out yourself and say, hey, Maybe maybe you showed up to roller derby and you're completely passable and nobody knows and you're still in the closet and you don't want anybody to know. Maybe you moved here from out of town. You got away from your fucking lunatic family or whatever the case may be and nobody knows. Now you got to out yourself. The fucking anxiety that has oh, to yeah. come along with that. Like, oh my God, I talked a little bit about it the other night about the crushing anxiety of if that person if, if that that friend of mine ever said that in a group of people that I was blowing him like it it was just always just always there always just crushing me but yeah Definitely. I can only imagine what that's like like oh my god and and although you know for the most part the the women's flat tractor association statement because it's a statement it's not a policy it is a statement um it is worded fairly well but because there is quite a bit of confusion and i have heard feedback and stories from people firsthand that um have either found themselves being bullied because of the policy and having to engage in a lot of personal questions um, various other situations. And then we also have um, what I always think is very, very nefarious is, and I think, um, I don't know if either of you have ever been on Reddit. I try not to go on Reddit or Facebook too often. There are the two places I am definitely not uh, most of the time, but there often is backlash when some of the more masculine presenting skaters on a winning team like after the game, everything seems fine, and then there's a huge backlash posted somewhere that oh well, we don't think these skaters should have been on the on the track. You know, um, there was a there was a time there. Speaking of like the more masculine skaters these days, there was a time there when people actually said that uh, black athletes were going to win over the white athletes because they're superior 
so they kind of didn't let that happen. I mean, boxing was full of it back in the day, and it reminds me of that. Like, you're being discriminatory towards this person because of their bone density when well, I've been, you know, you know, go ahead. Well, and that's just thing. The, the, they've actually, you know, busted most of those myths and even some of the professional standards for, um, you know, the hormone testing and things like that. Even that is, is questionable because yeah. it's all on this premise that testosterone is somehow a magical drug mm-hmm. that makes, amazing athlete and I think after numerous years in derby and and various other sports like nah don't think so and it has been it has been proven in in many many cases and I think a lot of information is starting to lead with that fact that this idea that suddenly you know testosterone soaked people are somehow better at sports and aggressive and this that and the other like really bioessentialism yeah i mean there are certain uh, american politicians and even politicians abroad but uh, mostly here since we're based here in america that are you know leading with this this kind of nonsense on platforms to control people's lives and shit just because of like you know you know some trans swimmer or some fucking nonsense like that why you know like i said it goes you know leading back to roller derby um i would always get the same the the same fucking shit from certain people like oh well you know the you know cody fingers women playing with me or what have you you know i'm like what do you mean well, you guys are uh, bigger and stronger. I'm like, ah, uh, haven't you seen some of these fucking other people that play roller derby? Like, they're they're pretty strong folks. Like, they're not dainty little people. Like, get what what kind and of roller derby have you ever seen in your life? Yeah, whatever size, whatever size you are, whatever like weight, like that you can you can find an advantage with that in roller derby. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what I explained to the non-roller derby um, fan. It's it's like, uh, gosh, I mean, I think basketball is probably as as comparable to space because you're really not, um, you you know, you're not wrestling and tossing each other around. We're not we're not actually engaging in MAA. We're <laughs> we're we are racing one another and moving each other around the track. But we're we're not throwing a fist. And I don't know, the whole mythos and um, you know, the way that roller derby is in popular culture drives me a little bit crazy. I'm like, you would think that we'd be farther, that people would, would have a better understanding of modern roller derby, but apparently not. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, because, uh, I mean, I'm like, you guys don't, you guys don't know how this, uh, works. It's more leverage than anything, is how I explain it. Like, it's, it's a leverage thing, but... Yeah, and so I, I, that's why I'm like, I, I can understand how, how people are like, oh, well, we want to, we want to believe the gender essentialism. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
stronger and they're always going to be larger on the track. Like, oh, because you've been born with this equipment, you're going to be able to waste these other people that were born with different equipment or whatever the fuck. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I, I got to go to RollerCon and see one of the men versus women bouts, and I'm I'm sitting there, and I'd already, you know, been a part of Phoenix Rattleskates and Arizona Roller Derby and practiced with both, you know, men and women, and watched the scrimmages on Thursday nights and and had people trying to argue with me that, oh, well, men play a faster game. And I'm like, no, not really. I said, I mean, well, look at this game we're watching right here that's men against women. And the way that they are literally, you know, matching one another. A, a hot jammer comes out. Everyone's keeping up with the jammer. Everyone's trying to shut down the jammer. Everyone, it just, everyone matches each other's energy. So whatever you bring into the, we're going to give you back. I mean, that's what a good game is. So it's just hard for me to, like, fathom that you you think there's a real difference. We're watching it happen in front of us. <laughs> and you're yeah. trying to see that there's two different styles of gameplay. And I'm telling you, no, there's energy that they're matching for each other there. And it doesn't matter. Like, we're watching, you know, uh, a jammer that's, maybe five foot i mean there were definitely some masculine jammers who were about five foot in mrda who were taking out some big blockers i watched that shit i know it happened it doesn't matter whatever side like sports that's the great thing about sports is that it's really about a contest with yourself and pushing your own body and with team sports, now you're linking up with a, with a group of people and going, all right, what can we accomplish together? Together. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's um, some a, a lot of stuff that I I really you know liked about getting back into sports and what have you. It was more of a together feeling um, to accomplish a accomplish a goal. I'm glad I get to uh, play sports again. Well, I mean, if you think about it, sports is also a great analogy for for the queer community. There's a huge amount of variety. Uh, People are doing their own thing. You could never be sure. Like, you always have to go in and be like, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. What are you looking to do? That's the same thing with the queer community. You know, whether you're just hanging out or, uh, you know, deep diving a topic. You can kind of compare the two worlds. We're all looking for community and doing things together somehow. Oh, for sure. Oh, excuse me. We got allergies in here. Um, So tell us a little bit more about... um, different terms that people can be kind of updating their language with? Well, uh, definitely, like, you know, use more gender and neutral terminology. Um, I know certainly people get knee-jerk reactions about neopronouns and stuff like that, but um, if you get used to introducing yourself with your own pronouns... Um, if you get used to, like, just 
you know, allowing people to, to give you the word. Right, like, right. Cause there's there there are there are so many terms like I I deep dived into the um, ace spectrum uh, because I was um, working through some stuff in therapy and you know asexual aromantic um, I mean those those are just like and then there's micro labels so don't worry that you're getting things wrong it is the fact that you're like hey. I learned about this term, and I'm not sure it means anything to me. Does it mean something to you, you know, if you're engaging another person? Um, but for the most part, like, you know, stick to the basics. It's, you know, hi, I'm this, and welcome to our corner of the sports world. <laughs> I feel like... I don't like there. There are so many ways that people say non-binary, but I just stick to non-binary. Like that's that's a good enough term. Queer is a reclaimed term at this point. I know there are people who are like, oh, I'm really offended that you use the word queer, but it's it's still the go-to term, umbrella term for the whole community. Yeah, uh, Master and I were talking about that not too long ago. Um, and I was like, oh no. <clears throat> That's totally the correct term to use when either identifying yourself or some, you know, the community as a whole. That's acceptable. Yes. Uh, it is also a, like a, an identity within. Um, like, I, I will, I like to refer to it as the alphabet soup. Mm -hmm. The L, the L, B, T, the L, I can't even do it. There's like... <laughs> Uh, hence the reason I say alphabet soup. Yeah, I mean, either uh, you know, either way, like the the soup letters or what have you, it's still you know recognizing. Yes, like the a, the A in the soup does not stand for ally. Oh, uh, well, I didn't even. I didn't even think, um, I always thought I had the acronym wrong, but it, there's so many letters added to it now, like, I just say the first acronym that I'm familiar with, see, that's again, like, I won't okay. add the other oh. ones on there sometimes, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Let's, let's see if we can get through it, it is L-B-G-T-Q-I-A+. Sometimes they switch the B and the G, but for the most part, those are that's like the the one that the press keeps using because they're afraid to use queer. Gotcha. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll have to uh, remember to include the rest of it. I don't know, and that's yeah. what I always felt like before I knew the term like pansexual. Like people would ask me what I am, and I would just tell them that I'm queer. Like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then yeah, i did I mean, see some like comments recently on like um there's like an ad that keeps popping up for like a queer at home workout thing and people are some people are commenting like you can't say that word and i was like what since when i didn't know oh gosh no, nah, they reclaimed queer in the 70s, to be quite honest, and I think probably before that, to be very technical, you know, you have the Lavender Menace, uh, you have uh, Dykes on Bikes, um, 
so you have these terms that have definitely been reclaimed the the recent like uh, I think I think there was a publication that thought they were gonna make queer a bad word again make it a slur and I've heard that argument from usually like very old community members who who they didn't spend their life as part of the community they joined later in life so their their familiarity with the term is it being thrown at them and them never like you know recognizing with it until much later in life so they they have their own emotions about it oh it's already like a negative emotion has been set to that word yeah like people like like people like like when i was like okay gay was a terrible word everything that was gay was bad when i was a kid in the 90s constantly gay this and gay that right oh that's gay yeah, and as soon as I got to a certain point in my life, I started being like, well, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because there was nothing else you could do. You couldn't argue with them. Oh, well, I don't mean it like that. Well, I don't care how you mean it. It doesn't belong to you anymore. Now it belongs to me. Yeah. So I think the same thing with queer. And it's it's with any word you choose to reclaim for yourself. You know, if if... It's if it's been thrown in your face often enough. Um, I don't recommend it for like a skater name, though. We had this big conversation about skater names and how uh, reclaiming terms doesn't work within various derby contexts because it's no longer coming out of just your mouth. It's now coming out of an announcer's mouth. It's now on a roster page. It's now, you know, it's 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 beyond you. Yeah, it's uh, it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. You don't have control over it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So you might think you're an awesomely cheeky person for having that slur of a name, but um, honestly, like, I think you're just working through your own stuff, and the rest of us aren't sure we need to do that with you. I feel... That probably sounds harsh but that is true no honestly i feel like with some skater names too some of like the vulgar ones they make me feel uncomfortable to say too where i'm like uh i don't want to finish it can i shorten it to something else oh yeah like recently i was talking to some new skaters and we were like uh we were talking about like we love long name on a you know for a printed bulletin but if you're on the track you're going to end up with like a two-syllable name like a really short name so you should think about that while you're choosing your name right like what i'm going to call you on the track that's that's why like uh, all my shirts now say just leave because like first they changed the numbers so i couldn't have no as a number anymore so i had to choose a new number um, and then it got to the point where it was like, well, I don't want to fit all of that on a jersey anymore. You know, fitting the leave no bodies on a full jersey and no one screams that at me. They all scream leave. Yeah. I just I, I just shortened it down. And I think for, for most skaters, eventually within a first, you know, within a couple of years, they end up shortening it down to a couple syllables. Right. Yeah, like my full name is The Boogeyman, but I don't put The on the jersey, and everybody calls me Boogie, but I won't put Boogie on a jersey either. I will put my full name. You know? Right. But yeah, if people shorten it to Boogie, I still respond to it. Well, and even roller derby names are borrowed from the 
community. It was um, the revival. They were inspired by the Austin drag scene. Well, tell us more about that, because I did not know that. um, I actually confirmed this information article done with Master Blaster that I found online, where Master Blaster um, was talking about the origin of the Austin League uh, and the rebirth and how they they had really, you know, they were meeting up at a bar, meeting up various places and trying to, you know, put together their first bout. And they all decided they would take names because they were inspired by these drag performers they were watching. And that's how our derby name tradition actually came from, from the drag community. Um, so I think more skaters should really see that connection and celebrate it. Well, that's pretty cool because uh, I didn't know that going into roller derby or anything. I just, um, I had experienced theater acting. So like that kind of like, I was like, sweet. I get to pick a whole ass character to be while I'm doing this. But that makes a lot of sense because drag queen and drag performing, you know, like the names and stuff. This, this really puts a lot of pieces together for me right now. But yeah, well, you, you know, because it was a performance thing for me. So it's making a lot of sense. Well, and you also have the ties to wrestling because you have mm-hmm. the, the 1920s and the night, well, the 1900s with the races, which is the, you know, early carnations of roller derby, the races, um, and then slowly becoming into a rule set um, that, you know, so it the ties to the um, wrestling community and things like that previous to the revival yeah because um um, pro wrestling magazine used to um have roller derby segments in there or or something like that Uh, i think in the 70s uh it was featured a lot in uh pro wrestling magazine i think it was and there are there are some very amazing uh roller derby documentaries um there is one about uh in portland oregon uh, I want to call that blood on the flat track is the poor I actually do have a list. Um, I will have to, to uh, make it a PDF so that people can have access to the list and just leave it as a link. Um, oh yeah, that sounds like a good time. I'd like that. Yeah, because even A&E did, so, so you have the film that talks about the um, origins of the revival there in Texas. And then a few years later, Annie does like a full season with the same league later on down the road. So some of the skaters are carried over between the two films. Mm. And it's a really good time capsule of Texas, you know, of Texas and the revival in that that period. And um, it's pretty cool. It's the done on the bank track. That's who they focus on when they do the A&E series. Right, right. That A&E series has been uh, mentioned a few times that actually got a few skaters into roller derby. Well, recently... For the program, yeah. Yeah, recently one of the episodes, well, not recently, but like 2019, 2018, uh, one of the episodes of Home Game on Netflix revisits the same league. Oh. Oh, sweet. So there's like, kind of like a three update you kind of get a three update oh you know two updates you get the origin and then you get two updates okay dang that's going to be on netflix you said uh i saw it on netflix i think that's where it still is oh, it's, it's the, the 
program is Home Game, and there's one episode. Okay, I've been trying to find that one, so I started watching this series, and I just haven't gotten to the episode yet. I feel like I remember seeing a segment, and I was like, I'm going to try to watch this series. There's some cool stuff in that series, though. What, what, why, and the reason I mentioned that particular episode is one of the skaters talks about feeling pressured to take a name that was more um, about their identity and less about, you know, whether they wanted to take the name. Oh, wow. Yeah, that she felt pressured to, to take the specific name. Um, and I thought that was interesting that that was in the program. Um, it was cool to get the update about, um, the, the bank track league there in Texas, but it was also interesting to hear from some of the skaters their experience. Yeah, that's interesting. That's cool that they like they show that, and she was willing to show that too. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I mean, it was it's not a very long program, but you know when you're talking getting Derby on film, like we have. There's moments in the uh, one of the seasons of Weeds where um, I want to say one of the main characters goes and coaches Junior Roller Derby. For like two, for two episodes, you get little bits of Roller Derby there. You know, I'm not uh, gonna lie. I love seeing uh, Roller Derby featured on television shows or outside of the um, subculture that it is. I mean, you got the Birds of Prey, uh, which just, I, I was like, more roller derby. They just didn't have enough. Um, gosh, there's so many little places where roller derby pops up, and I you're think, just like, wow. I think I saw roller derby on, like, a Power Powderpuff Girls episode once, and um, a couple other um, of those comedies, or those, uh, those cartoons. Um I don't know, Billy and Mandy, I think, had a roller derby something or other in it. I don't know, but whenever, when I started playing it, I started seeing it. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is so yeah, cool. I, I love this. The roller derby game, a video game that you can play. There's uh, there's one about roller derby drama, apparently, as a tabletop um, RPG, perhaps. Uh, that someone <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, oh, man, I'm so miffed. I'm going to go start my own league. Is that one of the options? I wonder if you can see what some of the cards say. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I think it's an interactive uh, video game. And it's like you have, like, a team, you know, you have a, your pack, and you have to get through championships or something. You have to get through the season or something. You all live together. So. Uh, awesome. <laughs> oh, so all that gear in one house. Ugh. Oh, oh, that's so there awesome. Is, there is popular media for roller derby. There is a comic book. There is, you know, um, there's like a vampire uh, um, set of stories. Or uh, I think they're actually filming some sort of series that's uh, vampires and roller derby. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's definitely everywhere. <laughs> It just doesn't shine the way football or or even basketball or dare I say baseball after it's fallen out of so much glee from the from the American audience. 
well, you know what sport you did not mention, and everybody seems to forget about this one, and it's been around, I think, since like the 20s or the 30s, is the ho- is uh, hockey. Roller derby is similar to hockey to me. Uh, you yeah, know what I found? Everybody forgets uh, about hockey. You know what I found out about hockey? That it started in Canada by a bunch of black skaters. Oh. Uh, it, it was I, it was just a weird little thing I saw as I was watching something, and they were talking about hockey, and they went, "Do you know that the you know there's an actual museum in Canada that features the one of the first teams was which was an all black team." Yeah, fucking. Stuff you don't know. Stuff you don't know. I I have this um I have this customer I I do pools and um he was a hockey player back in the day and you know he's from Canada or whatever Edmonton or some shit and um I asked him because he was telling me he was going back up to Canada for a while and I asked him hey you know if you can find one one of those five dollar bills with the hockey story on it or whatever. And um, he told me that he told me that same thing one day, and I was like, "Dude, that's so rad!" I was like, "I never knew that." Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like I like I didn't mention soccer either, uh, you know, because soccer has an issue getting airtime, but it is also everywhere. Yeah, I mean, shit, you know how many. Uh, high schools have have soccer programs or you know travel you know outside of high school teams or this or that my daughter you know she plays for um a team up there in uh washington state that's uh it's not like a travel team per se but it's fall soccer that's not in the school that's not school soccer you know so kids do play it yeah yeah so definitely but as far as like a professional uh, level, though, it's always forgotten about too. I always forget about it because you know there is pro soccer here, but it's not as big as you know as it would be in like Europe or something like that. Yeah, I mean, people people say that like you know we here we don't give women's sports a lot of attention, and so we we think of roller derby as not getting that attention because it's a women's sport because it's a queer focused sport. Or at least it totes itself to be queer focused, and and I'm not saying that to be rude to people who are like, oh, roller derby's so queer. But if you've ever hung out in a group of people and and not a lot of them are queer, but they're roller derby people, like that's that's always an exciting. Like I'm from Kansas, I certainly spent some time in Kansas with some roller derby people, and found myself to be one of the queerest people there. And and now I'm their oracle, and they're asking me questions about the queerness, you know. And I'm not I'm not like comparing that to this situation, um, but it, it was certainly one of those things where where I invited them to do it, and they said no, they didn't need to. And then every time I turned around, like at practice, in the middle of practice, <laughs> so I was just like, oh, okay interesting kansas like you you can acknowledge roller derby as a queer sport but then also realize that what makes it queer isn't necessarily that all the people playing it are queer yeah because i mean not all of us yeah not all of us are queer there's straight people that that are a part of the community too you know like 
yeah, it's, yeah, that's what I mean, like, it does, there is, like, a certain broad brush with, uh, that some people do paint with, uh, when they think about roller derby, like, oh, aren't all you guys queer? Like, well, I am, but not everybody is. You know, like, that's just, that's what you would think it is. You know, like, those are the same people that are, um, thinking that men just, like, did, you know. Oh, yeah, us men. The, you know, us. If we're mad, how dare us play roller derby? Yeah. How, because we crushing everybody out there on the track. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I'm like, yeah, you know, I may be, I'm like, you know, I'm like 140 pounds, right? Like, I outweigh you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm like, oh, you know, hmm. I'm a, I may be, I may be a guy, but there was that one video at one of the open gender games that someone had posted, and it was you. It was somebody. There was another person. I can't think of who it was, but they were just like the almost like the audacity, the audacity of these guys to come out here and play against these women. And I'm like, what? What is going on around here? <laughs> the audacity. It's like, oh, my I pen that, down. I think about the first uh, chest check I took after, um, you know, after I uh, changed my body a bit. And I, I was missing the padding from the front section of my body. And I thought, all right, I'm back on skates. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna jam. I'm going to cross that line and go full force into this blocker. And it just knocked the hell out of me. And all I could think is, okay, this makes sense about, like, <laughs> like if you don't have the padding, you don't want to take a chest hit. Like, and that goes for no matter who you are. I really don't care. It's just, it's really dynamics more than um, anything else. And those things can change so easily and so rapidly. So this idea that, oh, well, yeah, suddenly this guy on the track's going to everybody's going to be smashed a smithery. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get hit my chest. <laughs> getting, getting checked in my sternum is, like, one of the things, you know, why I won't play, play that anymore. Oh, I got checked by um, one of the juniors, like, the, a 17, 18-year-old junior there in Kansas. Um, and, I mean, she just she checked me hard, just like punting me right into the infield without any problems, you know, and I, I, I have a good 20 pounds on her, you know, a good 20 years. And I wouldn't say that we were matched for size, but she was taller and I was just heavier, but still the amount of force, you know, that, that, that you can wield it, like small jammers can pack that kind of punch. It it really doesn't matter. Yeah, if you know how how just, to complete a hit. <laughs> it's just physics. <laughs> like, that's just how. It, yeah, and I will tell you, um, it, it gets it hurts being hit by somebody who's smaller. They're pokey. I feel like I get poked in my arm. Sadie. Yeah, you use whatever advantage you have on the track. You know, whether you're bony, whether you whether you got that that good hit, whether you got speed. You know, if it's psychological and you you know creep up behind people and meow, um, I've done that a few times. 
Yeah, what, what damage you can use on the track to get through the pack. <laughs> I think people who don't play derby like that's. I think that's what mystifies me. Is any time where I'm, you know, I'm sitting trackside and someone really wants to have that conversation with me and be like, "Oh, look, blah 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 is is doing this, that, and the other," and I'm like, "Well." I really want to like be like, all right, well then you also need to watch like this bout and this bout and and talk about, you know, this this particular situation that I watched. You know, like I think about um I wanna say I don't wanna I I remember some of the guys, but the men's practice feeling like there were it's not that they were less competent skaters, is that they were they're not as solid in their skates as quickly because they're not getting the same amount of train tang time on a track. The reps. Yeah, the opportunity didn't exist. I mean, everyone catches up somehow, but the fact that the guys were getting maybe two hours of practice and, and you know, the other league is getting six hours a week is going to affect their stability. Yeah, that's... Uh, co- I skated outside a lot um, in between that time, but, you know, certain... Certain things um, I wasn't able to attend a lot of the times, whether it was a vehicle or other life circumstances. But yeah, during, I remember how it was um, when I was able to go and find my way there. It was the remember the other track at the hot house. Ah, uh, yeah, I was at hot house for just a little bit, right? And then I think I broke my ankle there, and then they moved. Yeah, because there used to be the one track, the main one, and then another one that was closer to the the door that everybody would walk in. Yeah. Um, but eventually, they just you know the I don't know if we were able to they were able to use that or not. I have no idea. Um, but that's where we were, like over in that one spot. But hey, it was fun. It was it was super fun. That even we were allowed yeah. to be there at the time. Like that's what I mean. Like. Back in uh, 2011, it was uh, some of the athletes wouldn't participate. So, like, we, you know, I mean, a lot of them did, you know, because it was more of we're all getting, we're all making each other better by being yeah. out here, by having a mixed squad. And I think, and I applaud AZRD for always kind of like doing that to a certain point and letting us be there. But, um, I do like the way that a lot of places are going, though. What's that? Yeah, when they when they moved over to the crash pad, um, what they did was they just designated times. So, like, they had a family practice during Sundays, and then they had a men's practice night. Um, and that's how they did it. They would just label it uh, certain practice nights. So you had like you know that type of thing, um, but I'm I'm it's very great. I'm seeing a lot of the leagues do the same type of thing where they're like, all right, we're gonna have you know an open gender practice night, and we're gonna have you know this type of of a regularity to it. You know, yeah. so it's something that you can count on. Yeah, I mean, I do like I do like the um the way this this new form and this new direction that roller derby is going. And I also have to have to give a big thumbs up to the league master and I skate for Phoenix Roller Derby for having a full-on open gender league. We all practice together. There's no separation of practices. Only if you're new, um, 
new skater because you know being thrown in there with the vets can be a little intimidating and whatever you know so we kind of definitely you know we separate that and whatever but as far as practices go we all practice together there's no gender specific teams we're all one league and you know we're all together so big thumbs up to them and uh for bringing me out there too um uh what like fucking four years ago now yeah um yeah <laughs> i was uh <clears throat> i was brought out there as a as basically a pilot program for what i would believe all of this is today so shout out to them for getting the boogeyman off of the island of misplaced you know quotey fingers so, male skaters so, uh, did you go ahead and decide to keep the the um because i'm the tracking agency so i'm tracking oh, different no. groups i've uh are I've, you now a part of phoenix roller derby and you're not doing the arizona men separate anymore or are you still maintaining like the the phoenix uh sky harmers as okay. as like a- well um that's probably okay to there's talk just about yeah there's just no okay. more sky harmers there's and we're no going sky harmers to open gender home teams so so it's okay. open yeah. gender home teams but i do ha- i do um technically that is my you know what i've come up with myself and if there happens to be you I might s- use it later I might use it later for, like, you know, one of these tournament teams, like a fundraiser tournament team or something like that. I could use it myself or something, yes. But it wouldn't be an all-male thing. It would be an open-gender tournament team if I decided to uh, do that sometime. So, yeah, Phoenix-based athletes, be on the lookout. I might be asking you. Maybe uh, Roller Rage, who knows? <laughs> Yeah, if I, man, because I just, I just couldn't, like, um, stay up in the Phoenix area. Um, I, um, I'm actually, I've got more space down here where I'm at, and um, I just don't get around as much. But I am definitely open to figuring out how to get some derby back in my life somehow. It's just, I'm just kind of in the middle of nowhere. I don't want to say that. We're on. Well, I'll, we're I'll touch there. you later. Um, I'll ask you these. Uh, I'll ask you off air um, these these questions. So and don't, that, that no really that's going on right now. That um, you know, various people might not want to be open about where they're at, or they're like I. After so many years of being very open as a queer person, I am not able to do that in my daily life anymore, and it's kind of sad. But it is um, what is going on um, recently. Oh no! Oh shit! Yeah, see, that's that's something else I kind of touched on in my episode the other day on how fucking heartbreaking it is, because you know, you got these goddamn assholes, these fucking fuckheads that, oh, you know, they'll say freedom this, freedom that, these types, right? But then want to shit on queer people for trying to be free and just live their fucking life. Like, make up your mind, you fucking piece of shit. And then it drives my friends or, you know, other other people like yourself almost into hiding. And it makes me want to absolutely kick a goddamn hole in the fucking wall. You can, you can tell I'm pretty worked up. I mean, it's just, it's... 
like I it was amazing because I knew when I was young that I was queer I, I might not have known about my gender but I knew I was a queer kid and so from the age of 12 I was really kind of open about it and was like in people's faces about it like being openly queer so as a you know over 40 year old adult to to now have to kind of turn around and not be that open person anymore in my daily existence I mean it hurts it hurts because I'm like, I'm a grown fucking person. I've spent my life being able to turn to a stranger and say to them, well, yeah, I'm queer. And, and I don't care if you're upset about it. But now it's like I'm, I'm more worried that, okay, someone's going to decide, oh, well, you're wearing a rainbow and we feel the need to chase you down or we feel the need to, you know, be shitty to you. Um, however we can, whether that's denying you in a legal process or... Uh, simply making you so uncomfortable that you're not interacting with us anymore. Um, but that's that is stuff that is actually happening happening to people um, for stupid reasons. Yeah, and the the flames of that continue to be uh, fanned on places like um, news outlets and what have you uh, with uh, transphobic rhetoric. Um, like or... I can't believe trying to tell me I can't. So I'm sorry, the AP is not going to tell me that turf is not a valid term. If they're going to say that turf is a slur, then I'm still using turf. Um, can you AP, can you remind myself and our audience what turf is? A turf is a trans exclusionary radical feminist. It is someone who believes in bioessentialism with women. That if you weren't born a woman and you weren't, you know, still doing the whole woman thing, that you're, you know, you're not, you're not worthy of feminism and equality. So that's, that's what a, that's what a turf. Okay, all right. So that's what a turf is. So I mean, as a bisexual man, like there's other. I don't know. Like maybe it's pretty small these days, but like other older gay men, fully like gay men, would think I don't exist because I like both they wouldn't that's not recognizable to them going back to uh, well, the generation thing gay men think i don't exist because i because I, I don't have like the equipment that they're desiring so that's that's sort of thing with um with trans and or non-binary people within like the gay uh male quote fingers um community oh yeah because you know i identify as a male like as a bisexual male you know as a masculine quote fingers male so that's still a thing huh oh yeah yeah it's like um you know because there are there are straight trans people yeah absolutely there is is a real thing but then there is also queer trans people and it's it's not that they're queer because they trans because they they transitioned no that has nothing yeah that has nothing to do with it so it's it i mean from my perspective, like I can understand how that might seem very confusing, but that's if you're deciding that genitalia designates gender. And that's who that human being is. Or even that genitalia like defines sexuality. Yes. See, so, so look at that. You are, you are in queer theory. Okay. We're getting in there. I'm so proud of both of you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank I love you. it. Yes. 
but yeah, uh, the, that that whole notion that's you know, oh well, you're not you're not really a queer man. You're just a straight woman pretending to be a queer man. Yeah, right. <laughs> and why I, why would I, you know, a gay man, be interested in you? Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to unpack that with you, so I'm just going to move on, and, and, and you're going to what you're going to go to. Okay. <laughs> I remember a long time ago watching the L word, and that one character transitioned and then started having gay sex, and I was asking my friends who were super queer. I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. Like, I thought that they were just transgender, and they're like, well, they're still they're queer. Like, you could be queer or not queer, and, like, and I, it was, like, mind, it was, like, my mind was, like, blown at that second of, like, you're fucking right. Yeah, like, I, like, I talked about being 12 and knowing I was queer, and so I dated women in high school and, and after, because I thought I was a queer person, right? And if, and if I, you know, if I, if, and at that point, I didn't, I didn't have the language, for um, identifying outside of a woman. And so at that point, I was like, okay, well, if I'm a queer woman, then I would date other women. <laughs> and so I kept trying to do that. And, and then I realized, well, this doesn't, this isn't right. I'm not, this isn't working out for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it makes, but, you know, it does make it well, feel so like defined and like specific and kind of cringy now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean, that, now you can see why queer theory is like this. Like, you can fall down into queer theory and, like, spend years there. Because there are so many things that, that they're so nuanced. You know, it, it's it's a, not just about your experience. It's also about how that experience relates to, you know, maybe the experience someone else had within that moment with you. Like, oh, was that an awakening of something, or was that just an exploration? <laughs> you know, and, and the, the good thing is, like, all this terminology, micro-labels, all that stuff, you can pick them up and put them down. There is no reason that you have to identify as any label for longer than you need to. If it's not empowering you, you don't need to use it. I've certainly met queer people who don't consider themselves queer and will probably be upset that I would refer to them as queer. But if you're not doing the uh, get married, have kids, uh, life and all that, you're queer technically. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, uh, that's probably what it would look like, right? Right. Cis-heteronormity in the Christian way very specifically has a designated path. If you are deviating from that path, whether you're raising a child by yourself, whether whether it be by circumstances beyond your control, you are no longer following the cis heteronormity. You are now a queer person. I'm making the whole world queer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. Um, you're you're, we're gonna have to uh, talk off air about a, a couple things so I can get you some uh, a set of our stickers. Um, I don't know, you've seen them, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay, and um, yeah, we'll get you a whole set: the uh, the Pride, the Starry Night, and the uh, Sunrise uh, logos. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, Thank totally. I mean, I, I think it's awesome you guys are doing this show. Um, all the work with Phoenix Roller Derby and up there in that community. Um, just so blessed to still be in communication and contact with you two. Yeah, um, so you are going to be a part of a live read tonight. Much like most of our guests, we'd like to shout out our sponsor, Siphon Draw Apothecary. Uh, they have some pretty awesome products some tea and soap master and i have uh we did a live read on the solid gold soap and explained what a lot of that does so just shout out to that because that's what we just finished with um and um whatnot we look forward to trying out other new soap and what have you that they have if you would like to see what they got, they can be found at SiphonDraw.com. That is SiphonDraw Apothecary, SiphonDraw.com. Locally, it is pretty warm here in Arizona. But if you would like to go cruise out there, it's 4650 North Mammoth Ryan Road, Apache Junction, Arizona, 85119. You can go check out their store. It's super cute in there and uh say hi and um yeah we're gonna have some business cards in there hopefully we can get those uh made up you can pick up one of those that's where you can um scan the qr code on the back to find the show on apple podcast spotify where we are on instagram out from under the bed um yeah you can get us there we do have an email address it is kind of long it is O F U T B. Out from under the bed. Out from under the bed. Yeah. O F U T B. Gmail.com. That is O F U T B podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. You can email us there. Uh, if you email us, Anybody who's listening to this, we will read it on the air. It doesn't have to be like a coming out story or anything. Just anything. Say hi. Tell us how you're doing. Um, we'll be more than happy to engage with our listening audience on many levels. We do have another contest coming up. Um, you still have time to participate in June's t-shirt contest. If you have a sticker, whether you've purchased them came across one you were given one what have you as long as you got that sticker you can take a picture with that sticker somewhere in that photograph post it on your wall on facebook or instagram stories do not count need to be there forever tag the show with your cool creative picture we will be picking our favorite one at the end of june so you got the end of June to enter for your custom out from under the bed t-shirt. Um, anything else, Master? Cactus cup. Oh, right. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God, dude. I almost totally forgot. Thanks a lot, Master. <laughs> we will be at the Cactus Cup tournament here at Ariz in Arizona. What's the name of that place? Is it Bellbank Park? Legacy Sports Center. Fieldhouse. I want to say three. There you go. There okay. you have it. Can you say that again? Legacy Sports Center in Mesa, Arizona, Fieldhouse 3, I believe. 
Okay, sweet. Uh, there will be plenty more details uh, leading up to this. Uh, we will be... Yeah, we will be there all three days on Friday, you know, probably in the later afternoon. But we will be there, so come on over, say hi. Um, we would love to have as many people from as many places as possible come say what's up, introduce themselves, and... You know, tell us how your tournament's going and what, how you're liking Arizona if you've been here for the first time, because it's going to be July. So that would be uh, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so our logo, had, our logo, our show art, that's on all our stickers and everywhere else. That has been, that is done by Cherry Jane. Her artwork can be found on Instagram at art by cherry Jane um, so go check that out thanks again for the fantastic logos she's the best so uh, if you want to commission a, an artist go check her work out again thank you siphon draw apothecary for sponsoring the program and master your nothing else yeah, that's it. You? Okay, thank Just you for reminding me about... Still super pumped about Cactus Cup. About Cactus Cup. Master's <laughs> still pumped on Cactus Cup. Leave, you got anything coming up you want to you uh, mention? Uh, well, you can find me on Instagram as Custard Villain. Um, my link tree is in my bio so that you can find the links to those maps that we were talking about. Uh, there is also a form, like if you if you are a team or a league in the continental United States and for some reason I didn't get you on the map, you can submit your information, you can update your information to make sure you're on the map to help you connect with others. All right, thank you so much. Um, and the end of my program, I always, I always end it um, a certain way. So tonight... Leave, I have, this one's for you. So, if you're driving in your car or you're listening at home and you're about to get behind the wheel of your car, always look twice and save a life. Motorcycles are everywhere. And this is the part of what I mean, Leave. This is the Boogeyman and Master Sedator returning back under the bed but never into the closet. I think it sucks that you have to do what you do and almost be forced back into the closet. And, um, yeah, I really, it really makes me fucking mad about it. And, uh, yeah, so that tonight's, tonight's, uh, ending in the show is, is for my friend Leave here. Because no one should ever have to go back into the closet on any capacity. So thank you for being on the, sh on the show tonight. Thank you. And as always, we will all be safe out there. Yes, be safe, my friends. And uh, like I said, keep you know, be safe. Keep an eye on each other too. You see somebody, you know, pulling some shit, you know, like some fucking assholes is a term we were familiar with in the 90s, uh, queer bashing, you know, get in there, you know, like, I'll, I'll straight up fight a motherfucker. That's, that's yes, kind of pull some all you shit. Gotta do is all you gotta do is disrupt, like, 
I will resort to violence. (laughs) Especially if that person's smaller. Oh, yeah, because my buddy Thomas, he got beat up real bad. I wasn't, you know, I... I only heard about it, and uh, this poor this poor kid was like ninety pounds or a hundred pounds, and these fucking guys really beat him up bad. And I was like, man, you know, if I ever you ever gotta, see something like that, I would totally in- get engaged. But you got to be safe too. Yeah, I know? mean, absolutely. I would, you know, I would have to. There would be, I couldn't, I couldn't stand by if you know, I would be flabbergasted, you know. You know, if there was passerbys, but anyways, like I said, thanks again for for being on the show. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Leave. Have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> <I love laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna hang up. All right. Good night. All right, there you have it, folks. Thank you again for listening. Um, if you would like to uh, follow the show, we can be found on Spotify, Instagram, all that play, all those places, almost every Apple podcast. Apple podcast. Please leave us a review and uh, a rating. We would really like that. Please shoot us up to the top. A sports broadcast. This is sports program, I guess. I might change it, but as of right now, it's in the sports category. Please leave us a review so we can get up there a little bit and compete with uh, other sports uh, podcasts. Pretty lofty goal, but help us out, Derby World. Yeah, do those things. All right, thank you all for listening.